You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Almighty Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for caring for us so deeply. Thank you for knowing our hearts and our lives so intimately. You know so much better than we know ourselves, and I pray this morning that we will all grow through exploring how you've directed my life and journey this far, and uh, that it may allow us to think openly about how you might see, uh, how you might be moving in the rest of our lives in the ways that we can and cannot always see. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. Thank you for your son Jesus, and thank you for his death and resurrection, uh, which gives us life. Amen. Well, I, I think this, this time is helpful for you all just to get to know me a little bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am the boys' youth director at the Advent. I work alongside with Marianne and Cameron, which has been a lot of fun so far. I've had a lot of fun getting to meet uh, your sons in particular. I've played some golf with them. I've played tennis. I've gone mountain bike riding uh, so far. And it's been a lot of fun just to do Bible studies and, and dinners with them so far. And I really look forward to doing that uh, moving forward. look forward to getting to meet you all. If you're parents of kids, of youth, I hope you come up and introduce yourselves to me. Um, but I'm really looking forward to our time here at the Advent. Um, I grew up not far from, far from here. I grew up uh, just up the road in Trustful, and I played sports uh, at Hewitt Trustful. And I say that because uh, baseball was uh, my best sport, and while I was not a superstar, uh, I always pitched well against the Mountain Brook Spartans. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever lost to them. And I know there's some other schools represented here uh, that I didn't play, uh, but, but I'll pr- probably say I never lost to Mountain Brook, and um, there's, there's a lot of Husky pride still in my heart. Um, but I went to Birmingham Southern after high school. I played baseball there for a couple of years, and I graduated uh, from there in 2015. And um, before entering full-time ministry, I've worked mostly in the nonprofit world here in Birmingham, including at our local United Way, uh, which is where I went, uh, met my wife Elizabeth, which is just so funny to think about because she used to be my coworker, and now she's the daughter, of, uh, excuse me, the mother of my child. <laughs> so uh, a lot of fun. Um, I'm currently working on my uh, Master of Divinity at uh, RTS, which is um, the uh, alma mater of Mark Genelette and Wes Sharp and Cameron. Um, But please not take that to mean that I'm as bright as any of those men. Um, They're they're, they're wonderful, and it's just a privilege to to know them and work under them. Um, Times of testimony are, are very helpful to encourage us about the unique ways that God calls us to salvation in Jesus Christ. Fundamentally, that's what testimonies are. And traditionally, times of testimony, are, they're very linear, linear. There's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. And while there's absolutely nothing wrong with that format, what I would like to do, along with just sharing how I met the Lord uh, and understood Him to be my Savior, is just, just share some things that God has taught me uh, in the past that really excite me as I labor alongside you here in the present, uh, and as we all look forward to the future. I love how uh, the Gospel writer Luke begins the book of Acts. He says that his Gospel account, the Gospel of Luke, included all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Uh, And he says that, he uses that word began to do and teach because he's about to present in the book of Acts all the things that Jesus is going to continue to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's how God works in our lives. He's the author of all of our stories in this unique way. When we pursue God, he reveals to us all the things that he's began to do, all the things he's begun to do and teach. Uh, but then he shows us how he's working in us now. He shows us how he wants us to move forward. And so I say that because this isn't just a time of, uh, well, this is what God's done with my life and I'm a finished product here. Um, I'm very much still learning. I'm very much still growing. God's very much still active and working in my life. Uh, and that really excites me. God's very, God's living. He is active in our lives. He's moving. He's leading us. He's directing us. He has been. He currently is. He will continue to do so. Um, 
And so that's what I'd like to share with you guys. Um, but to that end, I, I just I find so much beauty in God working in very ordinary means. Uh, he's done that a lot in my life. And uh, I don't have a black and white coming to faith story, but rather over time, uh, through the working of the Holy Spirit in my heart and soul, um, I've come to know, I became a Christian at a very young age. Um, as God saw fit, along with my twin brother, uh, I was born to parents that faithfully attended a little Episcopal church in Trustful. Um, and I don't have one key instance of how God did this, but by simply sitting in the pews of the Church of the Holy Cross in Trustful, even when I was very young, um, I was completely just transfixed with the work of Christ through the Holy Spirit in our Sunday services, uh, particularly with the, with the rhythm and the regularity with which all the individual parts of the liturgy occur. Same thing we have uh, here at the Advent. I still love it. Um, and I loved it then, and I just wanted more of it. And uh, I love the prayers we lifted up to the Lord. I love confessing the creeds. I love the gospel readings when the gospel we brought out uh, to the people. I loved when little babies were baptized and kids were invited to run to the baptismal font in the back of our church. Uh, when that child was recognized as being part of uh, our little covenant family at Holy Cross, but then it's part of like God's covenant family. Um, I just loved it. And then when I was old enough, I loved acolyting. I loved taking part, of, part, taking part in the service in serving God in that way. In all of that, I just knew that I was just part of something so much bigger than myself. Um, if I could nail down a particular light bulb moment for me, I certainly feel uh, that my understanding of salvation in Jesus Christ, just it, it occurred to me just through taking communion in the very visible and tangible elements of bread and wine, uh, along with the prayers that we said before and after communion. This is the forgiveness of sins. Consume these in remembrance of me. Um, now, again, how does, how does a little guy understand that? How does a, a kid in trustful at Holy Cross understand that? Um, it's the same way I believe that anyone comes to faith. Uh, the Holy Spirit works in you. The Holy Spirit works in you. He draws you to the foot of the cross so that you might see your sin, and more powerfully, so that you might see the one who takes away your sin. Um, and in doing this week in and week out when I was young, I just knew I was loved by God. And in return, I loved Him. And I can tell you... Um, this is 100% a work of the Lord here that aside from maybe one time in college, I remember being in my dorm room and thinking, do I believe this stuff? Um, and aside from that, um, my understanding of being a Christian, of me being a child of God, that hasn't wavered. Um, and by God's grace, I've been bought in for a very long time. The Lord, has ha he, he, he has taken me. Uh, and in his mercy, uh, God has just completely sucked me in this headlong into this divine love and satisfaction that is just so much greater than anything that I know that this world can offer. Um, in very Cranmerian um, Reformation language, I was allured. Uh, there's this term, allurement. Uh, it's one that I, that, I, that I love. It's one that Thomas Cranmer used, and it's highlighted by a Cranmer scholar named Ashley Knoll, who's, a, who's an, um, a, a scholar and a priest. And it, this, it, the term allurement just describes being transfixed with the love of God and the forgiveness of sins through the cross and knowing that it's all because of Jesus and not because of ourselves that we are loved. Um, God's the only one doing here, the work here. Uh, and in doing so, in my life, God did not beat me down. God did not chastise me because of my sin. Uh, I didn't become a Christian because I heard a good rational argument for it. I didn't become a Christian because someone scared me about hell. Um, it was through the love of God, love of Christ, through God's word, through prayer, through sacraments, and through its expression in our Christian community. All of these reasons uh, are reasons why I stand here today as a Christian. Uh, and praise God for that.
Um, so that's my understanding of me becoming a Christian. Um, what's God been teaching me since then? A lot. Um, he's been teaching me a whole lot. And in my uh, early 20s, so not too long ago, my faith really took off uh, through an understanding of the primary way that God teaches us, that God communicates with us, that God works in us, is just through his word. Um, God taught me that his word does not return void. Uh, Hebrews tells us that God's word is living and active. Isaiah tells us that God's word does not return void. Jesus talks about us being connected to the vine. And in God maturing me in my faith, uh, he allowed me to see that being connected to the vine is fundamentally being connected to his word. Uh, now, going back to my story of coming to faith, as much as I knew that God loved me and that Jesus Christ saved me, I just didn't really know what to, knew what to do with the I did not know what to do with the Bible. And I think it's sometimes in our lives we all find ourselves there. What's well, this really old book uh, that's hard to understand, that's hard to read? Um, and we left Holy Cross when I was 10 or 11. And as, I, uh, as a teenager and into college, I attended churches that, that were really based upon a faith that I would say could be characterized as therapeutic, moralistic, be a good person, which to be honest, that sounds great. Who doesn't want to be a good moral person who follows the rules, who loves his neighbor perfectly? But in all, uh, in all of those intentions, there was one very key specific thing that was being left out that I was just missing. And that is that Will Fagan and everyone else, we are sinners who need to be united to Christ need to be saved by Christ, and that Christianity just isn't a social project, and it's not just something that we do to make ourselves feel good. Um, those things can be results of, of Christianity, but that's not the, the end into itself. Um, but that kind of style of Christianity, it, it worked for me for a while, especially when life was really easy. Um, I was a good student growing up and in college. I was social. I played sports, make good grades. I had a good overall college experience, so why did I need to spend time reading a book that, as I said, was a thousand, that's thousands of years old and it's hard to read. Um, and in that mode of living, surprisingly, my faith, while it was there, uh, it just didn't really grow. Um, and by God's grace, and only God can do this, um, I had a semi-rough landing after college. I'm sure none of y'all have experienced that um, before, but a semi-rough landing uh, entering uh, the real world after college. And in that, and I don't know kind of really how this happened, but I was like, I probably should open up my Bible now. Um, that's going to that's gonna help. Uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time. That's going to help. And in this hard time, I remember being in church one Sunday, and I'd been reading the Bible on my own. I remember being in church one Sunday, and I remember thinking to myself, I don't need to be told to be a good person one more time. That's not what I need, uh, because that's what I'm trying to do, and it's not really moving the needle in my life. Um, it's making too much of an emphasis on me. Uh, and I'm tired of that. And God, who never let me go, drove me to continue to read the Bible uh, and to love it. And I promise this is not hyperbole. Reading the Bible in those years, and we're not talking that long ago, um, reading the Bible in those years, yeah, not that long ago, uh, helped me just make sense of my faith, helped me make sense of my life. I began to understand more fully just how big God is um, and how much he loved me and how much I needed him. Um, God just didn't want to occupy just this small corner of my life on Sunday mornings. And while I loved that, God didn't want just that time. He wanted all of me. He wanted all of my life. He wanted all the, all the days of the week. He wanted every facet of my life. Um, and, and, and reading the Bible taught me that. Um, and through a variety of circumstances, uh, I landed at a great Bible preaching church here in Birmingham. And I'm telling you, just in my early 
uh, to mid-20s, um, it just felt like my faith just continued to take off. I could not get enough of Bible teaching. I could not get enough of just learning about the Bible. And my life just started to make more sense to me. Um, it helped me mature in my faith and to see that in church we're not just making this stuff up. God's Word is not just a historical document. It's living, it's active, it's true, and it does not return void. It tells me that I'm a sinner and that I'm in need of a Savior and that Jesus Christ, through His death, through His resurrection, He saves me, He loves me. Um, and I'm sure some of you have experienced this. Just to wrap up this point, um, I love these experiences when I feel deeply that the Bible is reading me. Uh, when I say that, um, I say, you know, when I open the Bible and I read it, God sees my heart, God sees what I'm dealing with, God shows me particularly what I need to know, and in this divine reality, it just does its thing to me. Um, and God, again, God is doing the work here, uh, and praise the Lord for that. God's also teaching me, and I'm continuing to learn, to learn this, that, that God's very patient with me. Uh, a friend of mine uh, reminded me not long ago that when you read the Gospels, you see Jesus uh, who is God made flesh, who is the incarnate word, who spent years telling his disciples, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Son of God, you need to believe me, follow me, um, and submit to that. And, and even amongst Jesus' disciples, uh, even at the very end of the gospel accounts, you see them saying, Jesus, who's going to be the first one to enter heaven? Who's the best among us? Um, we see this with Peter, uh, who had a front row seat uh, with Jesus. Uh, he denied Christ three times. Uh, and he would know this. Um, and in fact, he tells, uh, he writes in Second Peter uh, chapter 3, The Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come, with repentance, uh, come to me with repentance. Uh, in my life, God has been very patient with me, especially in times when I certainly know that I've not been living uh, within his will. Uh, when I was young, and I don't, I don't really know when this happened, kind of like me coming to faith, I don't really know when this happened, but I felt and I knew that God... Uh, would ultimately call me to pursue being a minister in his church. Um, and that's something that, I, uh, that, that was in the back of my mind in high school, was in the back of my mind uh, in college, and then as I got out of college, um, I looked up to our pastors, and I just felt that that's what God wanted me to do. Um, but in so many ways, uh, near the end of college, and then in several different instances in my life in the early 20s, uh, I felt like it might be time to start going down that road, time to start pursuing that. And, uh, or at least talk to somebody about it, talk to a pastor about it. And there's several reasons why I didn't pursue that, and they all have to do with me wanting to do things my way. Um, I didn't want to go into debt by pursuing seminary. I didn't trust that God would provide for me there. Uh, I wanted to impress my friends with a fancy sales job. Uh, I wanted to please man over pleasing God. I wanted to please my parents, and uh, they both have experienced what we might call the American dream. They've, they've gone from working-class backgrounds growing up to living a very comfortable lifestyle, and I thought that somehow I needed to do that, too. I needed to accomplish Will Fagan's own version of the American dream, um, which is not only thing that they never told me I needed to do that, but I just felt like I needed to do that. Um, and then I was just scared to do anything that was not conventional in my social circle. It would not, it would not be very conventional for me to say uh, to my buddies, um, hey, I'm going to seminary, God called me to be a pastor. I've never talked to you about that before, but that's been in the back of my mind for 15 years. <laughs> and that would, just, that would be rocking the boat too much for me. And uh, this was in one of our gospel readings a couple weeks ago. But in so many ways, uh, Jesus was asking something very specific of me. And I told him, let me go bury my father. I told him, let me go say farewell to those at home. I told him, Jesus, I'll do it, but I'll do this on my terms. I'll do it when it's very convenient for me. Uh, I kept telling God, I'll do this if, 
I kept God all telling, I kept telling him I'll do this win. And in my early 20s, uh, while I, I, get, I performed well in uh, my career jobs that I had, I just experienced some pretty serious dissatisfaction in my work. And uh, the Lord made it very clear to me that I wasn't where I was meant to be. Uh, it felt like the Lord was wrestling with me, with me like God wrestles with Jacob uh, in Genesis. And by God's grace, uh, several years ago, I confessed to a pastor uh, what I felt like God might be leading me towards, and he really encouraged me. And praise God for that, because it's a big reason uh, why I'm standing here. And I say that for two reasons. Uh, number one, the church needs faithful people who have a desire to be ministers to say yes to that. Fundamentally, the church needs that. Uh, God won't let that go. Uh, so if it's something you've been thinking about, go pursue that. I wish somebody told me that 15 years ago. Um, and then number two, whenever one gets off the path where they feel like God is leading them, which we all do, uh, we all get off the path where God has been leading us, we can think that at times we might be, have gone too far for God to remedy that. Um, and that doesn't just involve calls to ministry. It can be involving any circumstance. Um, and sometimes we don't know when we've gotten off that path. Uh, my family used to have this Brittany Spaniel who would get out and he would, he would get, he's a bird dog, Brittany Spaniel's a bird dog, so he would get out and he would put his, he'd put his nose to the ground and smell and smell and smell and smell. Then he would look up and he was three miles from our house. And he had no idea where he was and he was lost. And sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes I get off course, I'm doing my thing, I have my head to the ground, I'm not really listening to the Lord where he might be leading me, and I lose sight of where I'm going. I'm lost, I'm miles off course of where I think I need to be, but then I turn around and Jesus is there. And he says, well, I did not get off the path when you got off the path. I followed you the entire way down and let's, let's continue on where we are. Um, the Lord is very patient with us. The Lord seeks us out even when we are not seeking him out. Um, and thanks be to God. Finally, the Lord is, is teaching me, and he, can, he continues to teach me, that, that God is, is in the business of putting people in specific places at specific times to advance his kingdom here on earth. Uh, and most of the time, he uses our life experiences to do that. Uh, I use this, this example a lot. We can look at the life of Moses and see how God ordained Moses' life in his life experience to make him the perfect fit to lead God's people out of Egypt. Moses was a Hebrew who grew up in Pharaoh's home. He's a guy that has, has a foot in both worlds. He's an ideal fit to do that job. Um, and after 40 years in the desert, after Moses killed an Egyptian, God said, you're up. Uh, it's time for you to do it. And God puts us in certain places for certain times for certain jobs. And sometimes God calls you to be a youth minister at the Advent in the 1990s, and you look up and you go cracky. You've been here for 30 years. Um, and sometimes you get paired with a stranger on the golf course, and you get to share the gospel with them. Um, the Lord ordains those things. Um, I'll share one more example from my own life. Um, I shared earlier that I played baseball at Birmingham Southern for a couple of years after I beat Mountain Brook a bunch of times. <laughs> and uh, after my sophomore fall, I was just really burned out of baseball. Um, I certainly wasn't as good as I thought I was. Um, I was tired of the pressure and the stress uh, baseball just provided in my life, and I was, I was burned out. And um, I decided to retire uh, from baseball, which is really just a dignified word for I quit. I quit playing baseball. <laughs> and uh, now I've kicked myself many times for doing that. I wish I would have stuck it out. Um, but that doesn't mean that God didn't use my time there. A couple of years ago, 
um, at the prompting of, of the Holy Spirit, I, I called my former baseball coach, who I've always had a really good relationship with, and he's, he's still the, the baseball coach there at BSC. And um, I asked if they had a college cha- if they if they had a college cha- chaplain or if they needed a college chaplain for their baseball program. That's something that we kind of had when I was there, and I thought this would be a really good way for me to use uh, just me and my time and my availability to, to pour into these guys. And he said, "Will and this is a guy who doesn't answer his phone, but he answered his phone, and he says, "Will this is a godsend. Uh, I've been wanting somebody to come and do this." And uh, since then, I have been the Birmingham Southern baseball team chaplain. Uh, And that's just been a whole lot of fun for me to get to do that. Uh, It's something that I've absolutely loved doing. And over the course of a couple of years, the Lord has really used that ministry to shape the lives of a lot of young men. uh, And it's been a blessing to see the fruit of that. Um, We do a lot of what we do here with the youth of the Advent. We do Bible studies. uh, We have meals together. We just generally do life on life ministry uh, together. I sit in the dugout. It's just, it's so much fun. Um, there's one man in particular who I've gotten to read the New Testament with over the course of the last year, and I have to pinch myself uh, when I just see the very evident uh, work that God's doing in his life. And, um, sorry, um, he's a young man that's gone, gone from being interested in God to wanting to grow closer to God. Um, to God just being transformed by his life. Like, God's just transforming his life. Um, and that experience, says it's inspired him to live out his faith in really cool ways. Uh, he told me last week, um, not making this up for this talk, he told me last week that he's starting a Bible study with his family, um, that every morning they text about the Bible chapter they read that day. Um, similar, similarly, a few seniors uh, last year um, came to our house for a Bible study last fall. Uh, and it's, again, it's just been really fun to, to watch them grow and to read the Bible, sometimes for the first time. And just to see the, the way the Lord is really working on them, uh, and I've kept up. I've kept up with all of them since they've graduated. And a couple of them have separately asked me if I can point them to a church or to a Bible study um, to go to now that they've graduated. I told them that I know of a good one that meets on 20th Street and Sixth Avenue North. Um, but I say again, um, this is zero because of me that this is happening. Um, I've done a pretty amazing job at giving clumsy devotionals or bad Bible studies. Uh, for these guys. Uh, but I find it amazing that God is, is using my life uh, and my life experiences at Birmingham Southern and the baseball program um, to work in these guys' lives. Um, and I wouldn't define my, my time playing as a success there, but God's using that. Um, I love how God works. I love how He moves. I love how He calls us to um, live in fellowship with Him and with, and with one another. Uh, the Christian life is not limited to just me and God. In our little in our relationship, and while while that's while it's based upon that, it's not limited to that. Uh, God calls us to take part in His work here on earth, and uh, in that, I encourage you all to consider how might God be be using you uh, where you are in your life, in your job, uh, in your day to day living. Um, I encourage you to think about that. Uh, God is uniquely moving us and, and shaping us, and He's using that to advance His kingdom here on earth. Um, as much as I wish my, my life was very linear, and I still do, uh, I thank God that he's never let go of me. Uh, I thank God that uh, he's never stopped being the author of my life. He brought me to faith in him. He has taught me what it means to be united to him through his word. Uh, he has been overwhelmingly patient with me. Uh, and he reminds me that uh, he puts me and all of us in places to carry out his work uh, here on earth. Um, and thanks be to God for that. So let me pray for us.
Uh, Lord, thanks so much for uh, this time. Thank you for the ways that uh, you bring us to faith. Uh, thank you for the cross and for the resurrection, uh, which gives us life. Um, God, I ask that you might uh, just prod us to consider uh, the ways that you have been working in us, that you are working in us, and the ways that you will work in us and move us. Um, and it's all for Christ's sake that we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.